Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Sandy Toxvig, and this is We Will Get Past This, where I welcome you into my calm room of books so I can share tales from history of various deeds. Some brave, some baffling, others downright idiotic, in a bid to comfort the soul in this challenging time we find ourselves in. Some of these were recorded with specific dates in mind, but as we've all come to realise, none of that kind of thing really matters. My diary's wide open. There are no rules about when something can be enjoyed, so take a moment to relax and remember this. We will get past this. Hello there, have a seat. I should warn you, I've been reading, and it's making me agitated and not entirely sensible. This is a marvellous book called Women Who Read Are Dangerous, and it quotes many an expert from the past who actually thought that. There's a marvellous citation from the German theologian Karl Gottfried Bauer, who in 1791 wrote, The lack of all physical movement while reading, combined with the forcible alternation of imagination and emotion, would lead to slackness, mucus congestion, flatulence, and constipation of the inner organs, which, as is well known, particularly in the female sex, actually affects the sexual parts. Honestly, I could hardly sit still after I read that. Why, if women read, the next thing you knew, they'd be wanting to vote. Uh, Hard to believe, but it was an actual argument against women's suffrage that the female of the species simply wasn't built for it. If we exerted our tiny little minds too much, reading or taking part in civic society, then we were risking the very thing we had been brought into the world for, our reproductive health. In the 19th and early 20th century, the general consensus was that the human body contained a finite amount of energy. If women used too much brain power, then their ovaries would atrophy, and nobody wants that. Reading could make women infertile, and worse than that, it could ruin men's lives. Uh, British women did not get the same voting rights as men until 1928. I have an original anti-suffrage postcard. This was sent uh, five years before they got the vote in 1923. It shows a man overwhelmed with cooking, cleaning and childcare, while in the back room a disgraceful woman is reading. Whoever the sender is, they have simply written in very large letters, a last warning. According to William Sedgwick, uh, one of the founders of the MIT Harvard School of Public Health, thinking of any kind was especially dangerous for pregnant women. He declared, we must not forget pregnancy and lactation, both of which are a great strain on a mother's vitality. 
any further strain, like the responsibilities of the suffrage, is bound to be harmful to both mother and child. Okay, what about the postmenopausal women like myself? Surely reading might calm my adult brain, uh, but not so. Sir Almroth Wright, a British immunologist who well, we could do with him now, had he not died back in 1947, used his no doubt excellent brain to write that vital contribution to British society, a strong letter to the Times newspaper in 1912, in which he declared that the menopause gave rise to serious and long-continued mental disorders, developing in connection with the approaching extinction of a woman's reproductive faculty. Oh, he was mad. He went on to write, I shouldn't say that, but he went on to write a whole book entitled The Unexpurgated Case Against Women's Suffrage, in which he blathered on a bit more. It seems he was terribly clever about the human body and antibiotics, but never really understood the uterus. Fundamentally, the view was that no man should allow a woman in his life to go to the office, the ballot box, or that terrible well of reading, a university. Oh no, women's heads were filled with puppies and hats and chocolates, and that's how it ought to be. Well, that's how it was until a few brave souls decided to do something about it. It was today, in 1881, that two teachers, Harriet E. Giles and Sophia B. Packard, got together in a basement of the Friendship Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and began to offer higher education to African-American women. The Atlanta Baptist Female Seminary would grow into Spelman College, America's oldest private historically black liberal arts college for women. The two teachers were white, uh, and they wouldn't have used that language then, but they understood their privilege and were determined to help bring education to the African-American and Native American communities. They began their college with 11 African-American women and $100, seeking to improve the lives of black women who had been freed from slavery. They offered to provide algebra, physiology, essays, Latin, rhetoric, geometry, political economy, mental philosophy or psychology, chemistry, botany, constitution of the United States, astronomy, zoology, geology, moral philosophy, and evidences of Christianity. By the end of their first term, their student body had swelled to 80 Within three years, that number was 600 women, and there were 16 members of staff. They bought land in Atlanta, and when a wealthy businessman by the famous name of John D. Rockefeller came for a visit, he was so impressed, he paid off their debts. They in turn named their school after his wife, Laura Spellman, whose own family had long been activists in the abolitionist movement. Since then, the education of women has become disgracefully common. Uh, but that attitude to women and reading hasn't entirely moved on. In 2013, someone took it upon themselves to change the list of American novelists in Wikipedia to a list of only male novelists, while women writers were moved into a subcategory. Thus, Harper Lee, Edith Wharton, Donna Tartt were all bumped down into a lesser and more belittling list. They've since been moved back, but that anyone had to bother seems, well, agitating and not entirely sensible. There are those that worry that the internet has wrecked our attention span, that Google has made us stupid, that where someone once lost themselves in a novel for hours, now there are those who find some tweets a bit too long. Well, thank goodness for all this time on our hands so we can get back to the book. I love the paintings in here which celebrate the staggering number of women uh, depicted in art who are reading. So I'm particularly fond of the tomb of Eleanor of Aquitaine. She died in 1204. It shows her dead, but still finishing a book while her husband, King Henry, appears to be lying there trying to remember if he locked the front door. Uh, one of the most famous paintings in here is, uh, is Rembrandt's portrait. Uh, it's known as an old woman reading. It's sometimes called Rembrandt's mother. An elderly lady is reading an enormous book. It's easily recognisable as the Old Testament. It reminded me of the biggest book I own, uh, which is an old family Bible. I don't even know if I can pick it up. It's, uh, there we go. Uh, I have no idea 
why we had such a thing. I mean, nobody in our family is the least bit religious. I once asked my father what he would do if he died and was brought before God to defend why he had not believed. My dad said he would look him in the eye and declare, Sir, you gave me insufficient evidence. Nevertheless, the Bible, the book of books, is one of my favourites. I grew up travelling with my father's work and often spent more time in hotels than at home. The only book always available, the Gideon Bible. I have read it from cover to cover. Possibly my, wow, that's heavy. Possibly my favourite painting in this book is by the wonderful Danish artist Peter Koyer. It's of his wife, a fellow artist, Marie, who he used to spend his summers with in the Danish artist's colony of Skein. Skein is one of my favourite places in the world. It lies at the very tip of the Danish mainland and the brilliant light there. I don't know, it seems to bring the eye into a new relationship with colour. If you can, have a look at it online and uh, maybe determined to go there one day. So the painting is of Marie sitting with a newspaper in the garden's dappled light while her dog sleeps at her feet. She is lost in her reading, seemingly unaware that she is observed. It reminds me of a hundred Nordic summers, and for a brief moment I am not confined to my house. Neither Packard nor Giles, uh, the women who founded Spelman College, are uh, neither married but regarded each other as lifelong companions, and they're buried together in the small town of Atoll in Massachusetts. There are a lot of great teachers out there continuing the work of education while the world holds its breath and waits to move on. Thank you. For the rest of us, escape into a book. I couldn't recommend it too highly. Maybe read one of those classics you've never got around to. I mean, they're classics for a reason. I remember saying to my dad excitedly, Dad, I've discovered a new writer. Who is it? He asked. Somerset Morn, I replied. And to give him credit, he just smiled. Take care. Be kind. Remember, we will get past this. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.